The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. And he said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, Because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her. Least she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him? day and night will he be slow to answer them I tell you he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily but when the son of man comes will he find any faith on earth the gospel of the Lord Generally speaking, if we are going to ask someone for something, we will do it because we think there's a good chance that we will get it. Because we don't want to risk being denied or rejected. And if we don't get it the first time, if it's that important. We will go back again and again. Parents know how that is. If one of us, when we are a child, asks a parent for something and the answer is no, we probably won't give up, depending upon what it is. Uh, The idea is to wear down the authority as in today's gospel. Our Lord speaks of two things. He speaks of prayer and he speaks of faith. If I'm going to go to you before I even ask you, I must believe that you can give it to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother in the first place. A young person won't go to a parent and ask to use the car unless they, first of all, know that the parents got it, and second of all, let them do it. So I believe that you have what you possess, that you have what I want before I will ask you to give it to me. I have faith that you possess it, or sometimes I know it because I, don't, I, I 
seen it. And I have faith that you will give it to me. Now, in the case of a parent, very often what we ask for is something that we do not need and ought not to have. It's simply something that attracts us, something that might fascinate us, something that might give us a certain sense of excitement. But it's not what we need and not what we ought to have. Once again, today's gospel speaks of prayer and faith. In many ways, the real lesson is the last sentence. But before I go on, I would like to read to you something from saints. This week, we had a number of martyrs. Uh, Two stand out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was martyred in the year 107 by Hadrian. He was the Bishop of Antioch, the second successor of St. Peter in that city. He was taken to Rome and thrown to wild beasts who tore him apart and ate him. The second were the North American martyrs. We know their stories, St. Isaac, Jogue, Jean de Bibouf, and their companions, eight Jesuits, between the years of 1642 and 1649, were horribly tortured and finally killed because of their love and their desire to bring faith to the Indians of North America. I'd like to read what St. Ignatius wrote to the Romans as he was going to his death. He said, I am writing to all the churches to let it be known that I will gladly die for God if only you do not stand in the way. I plead with you, show me no untimely kindness. Let me be food for the wild beasts, for they are my way to God. I am God's wheat and shall be ground by their teeth so that I may become Christ's pure bread. Pray to Christ for me that the animals will be the means of making me a sacrificial victim for God. And he concludes by saying, I have not written to you as a mere man would, but as one who knows the mind of God. If I am condemned to suffer, I will take it that you wish me well. If my case is postponed, I can only think that you wish me harm. Strange thing to ask for, isn't it? Uh, But that's faith. Faith can endure all things. We'll often want the th- things that the world would least want to have. In fact, real faith always seems to want more and to ask for different things. Take again the example of St. John de Brebeuf. His tortures were horrible. Sometime read them. Here's what he wrote. He said, For two days now I have experienced a great desire to be a martyr and to endure all the torments the martyrs suffered. Remember, St. Therese of Lisieux wanted to be a martyr, too. She asked God for that. The message that God said to her, no, your job is to be in the convent and do what I tell you to do. To stay there and pray and die at the age of 24 from consumption. That was her job. Uh, she didn't get what she wanted. She got what God wanted her to have, which, by the way, once again, I've said this many times, St. Augustine reminds us, the purpose of prayer is not necessarily to get what we want. The first purpose of prayer is to open us up to what God wants to give us. But St. John concludes by saying, My God, 
It grieves me greatly that you are not known, that in this savage wilderness all have not been converted to you, that sin has not been driven from it. My God, even if all the brutal tortures which prisoners in this region must endure should fall on me, I offer myself most willingly to them, and I alone shall suffer them all. That's what he prayed for. I've never prayed for that of you. Most people don't. We pray for other things. That's faith. Faith is something very different. In this gospel, we have this, first of all, an example of perseverance. This widow. Uh, the, the judge fears neither God nor man, but she will persevere by demanding that he do justice for her. And in the end, he does out of, he's just worn down, he's tired of her. Besides, he's afraid of her. And our Lord concludes by saying, pay attention to that, dis, what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Yes, he will. He always does. Uh, but we have to be open to his working. As a, as a rule, when we, when we go to God, we have the agenda. Here's what I want. And that's fine. We should, God expects us to do that. But there's a higher agenda, and that's God's. Then he concludes by saying, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I've mentioned many times that Pope Paul VI back in the late 60s said, the real crisis in our world is a crisis of faith. People ignored him. It is. Faith in our world has become something at least watered down, sometimes very rare. Real faith. J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings, wrote a letter to his son. I didn't bring it over with me. I meant to, but I didn't do it. Uh, about how to test his faith. Uh, Tolkien was a very devout Catholic, and people are even suggesting he ought to be canonized. He wrote a letter to his son saying, if you, basically, if you want to test your faith, go someplace for Mass where you don't want to go and where none of your senses are satisfied. He said, go to a church where you don't like the priest, uh, where the sermons are horrible, and when he's sloppy. And where the people there are your usual bourgeois type that you don't like anyway. Where the music is terrible and where, in the end, you leave very frustrated because you've been there. That's faith. And believe me, it means as much as if you were gone to, to the best parish in the city, to the holiest priest, with the most wonderful people, it's still the same. But faith will carry you through. It's been said, particularly Cardinal Sarah, who is the prefect of the Congregation for the Sacraments in Rome, has said what's been said so many times, including by Pope Benedict, that we have lost a sense of the sacred because we have lost a real sense of faith. We don't really seem to believe. So that if somehow God can, as I've said before, satisfy my emotional needs, good. That's not faith. If somehow I can be comforted, all right. But that's not faith either. If somehow I can be consoled, oh, that's very good. But faith goes beyond that too, as we heard from the saints. Faith is faith when we least want to have to deal with it. I often tell people in their spiritual lives, they say, you know, my prayer life just isn't what it used to be. I remember a, a, a venerable Jesuit by the name of Father George Krieger, who years ago said he had some religious sisters coming to see him for spiritual direction. They would come to see him and say, 
Father, my prayer life just isn't what it used to be. It seems rather dry. He would say, yes, sister, that's the way it's supposed to be. From time to time, it must be that way, or you would simply not grow. You would simply sit there and bask in it, but sometimes you have to go through that. And she said, yes, I know, Father, the dark night of the soul. He said, sister, the dark night of the soul is that which we go through just prior to spiritual union and mysticism. And you just aren't there yet, honey. Uh, <laughs> I always liked him. He was very direct that way. Uh, we just aren't willing to do that. Uh, we have to be, once again, retrieve that sense of the sacred, particularly when it comes to the liturgy. To remember what we are doing here and what's happening. Um, this has been perhaps one of the greatest problems in the last 60 years. That loss of that sense. A loss of the sense of awe, as I've said before. That we should actually be here. And what actually is taking place here. Once we begin to retrieve that, then faith begins to grow and we begin to become different people. Uh, we aren't simply sort of coasting along, hoping that God will do what we want God to do and somehow we will squeak into eternity. No, we're supposed to go running into eternity with both eyes open and both arms parted. Uh, not grudgingly because, well, all right, there you are. So we come today to um, strengthen our faith to be open to what God wants to do with us, not what I want to do with God. And that will only come through prayer and in silence. Uh, only if we listen to God will we begin to understand what we're supposed to be and what he wants us to become. That's the goal. Uh, the Eucharist alone makes that possible. Uh, this is the greatest prayer there is. This is the infinite prayer. All of our prayers, however wonderful and warm we may think that they are, come here their fulfillment. But this isn't my prayer or yours. It is our prayer, but it's the prayer of Jesus Christ offering himself to the Father. When we enter into this, uh, we need not fear anything, and we will always know what to ask for and what to open ourselves to receive. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always respond in prayer and grow in faith. We pray to the Lord. Lord for all nations of the world, especially our own and for our politicians, that they may be open to faith and to the grace God sends to them. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that they are united to the Lord in their suffering, that they are part of his love and part of his witness. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected faith and grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for a greater respect for human life, especially now life in the womb, for laws that will protect it, we pray to the Lord. Lord For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who, being strong in faith, will proclaim the kingdom of God, particularly in difficult times, for a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all those still working on our building project, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
For our youth who resume faith formation classes today, they will continue to grow in truth and in love. We pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Eucharistic Lord, they may then courageously proclaim the faith, even in the midst of rejection and persecution. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will continue to grow in faith and be always open to the will of God coming to us in our lives. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord and the Mother of the Church as we sing. Mm-hmm. 